The reading is from the Gospel of John, it's chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lovely. Thank you, Holly. I'm going to pray again quickly before we start this big question that we're looking at tonight. Lord, as we look at these words and as we uh, spend this time reflecting on you, would you increase our relationship with you and also increase our compassion for the world around us? In and through the name of Jesus. Amen. So when Catherine asked that question at the start, have you ever been lost? I'm generally somebody that's really, really good at uh, directions and uh, finding my way. If I've been to a place once, I can almost guarantee I can get back to it again without needing a sat-nav again. That's just the way I'm wired. But I do have a story of a moment when I had real panic, and it relates to my childhood. And I wonder if you ever did any of did this when you were a child. I was in uh, a Sainsbury's in Farnborough where I was growing up. And I wonder if this is where my hatred from supermarkets came. I don't know. Anyway, I was in a Sainsbury's uh, with my mum and she was doing this shopping. I think I was probably about four, five years old. And I'd obviously got distracted by something. And my mum had, unbeknownst to me, wandered off. But worse than that is I didn't realize she'd wandered off and there was a stranger next to me. And I just went to hold this person's hand. And all of a sudden, I held it, and it didn't feel right. And there was a look up of like total panic. Ah, who are you? Let go and run off. And then this fear that I was going to be lost in a Sainsbury's forever for the rest of my life, maybe attached to the wrong person. Did anybody else ever hold the wrong person's hand, or was it just me? OK. Just me, I'll get Prime Ministry later. Okay, anyway, I do wonder when, whether people ask this question about uh, do all religions uh, lead to God? If we could have the first slide up, that would be brilliant. Do all religions uh, lead to God? Um, they're actually, whether you don't know the answer to that question or you, you think you might do, a bit of panic can raise up inside you either oh, I don't really know how to answer this question, or maybe a fear, oh, am I holding on to the wrong hand? Does it feel right? It's an absolutely uh, massive topic, and if that you ever do feel like that when somebody asks you this question or you wonder this question yourself, 
I just want to say it's okay to feel a little bit like that at times. We're going to go through tonight, and um, you'll be pleased to hear I'm not going to cover every single religion in the world as we go through this. I'm gonna have, we're going to do a sort of a, a rough look at the four biggest religions. But what I also want us to, to think about is when we go through this, I think often people ask this question, and there's two ways we can answer it. There's sort of the purely logical side, which I will look at a bit, whether it's logically right to believe that. But often when people ask it, with that feeling, like I said, of sometimes of panic or wonder that we get, there's often a, a, a more emotional or, or spiritual side behind it. Maybe there's a, a reason that people are asking that question because of families or colleagues or friends that believe something different to what perhaps you believe. Or maybe there's people that might have compassion, I don't know, for the nation of North Korea, for example, where it's extremely hard in places like that to hear the Christian gospel message or any religion message there. So as we look at this, we've got to remember that there's two sides to this coin. And as we go through it, I want us to um, remember that. And there's a really cool phrase that's at the start of John's gospel. We're going to be looking a lot at John's gospel tonight. When it talks about how Jesus came, it's from that really confusing reading we have at Christmas about the word. <laughs> but at the end of it, it says, Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. And sometimes if we go with just like what we think is the truth without any grace, we just come across as rude and blunt and arrogant and uncaring of people. And so we need to make sure we don't just do that because that really, really puts people off. But at the same time, if we just come full of grace and don't ever challenge or share what we think, actually we're just really, really unkind you know, if somebody, give a really good example here, I can't sing. But if everybody told me that I could sing, I think, well, I can lead musical worship at the six and I could stand up in front of you all and I could start singing. And that would be really unkind to me and it would be really unkind to you because you don't have to leave the auditorium screaming or the church screaming because you wouldn't want to hear me. It is unkind for me to believe a lie because it would be harmful for my self-confidence, but also for all of you lot. If you're just full of grace without any truth, it's, it's really unkind. So we've got to get a balance right as we go through this uh, topic. Uh, and hopefully by the end of it, we'll all maybe feel a little bit more comfortable with the hand that we are holding. So we're going to look at uh, the question of what do the big religions say? So if we can have the next slide, that's good. We're going to look at just the big four. And so I don't know if you can read that. I didn't know if it was going to be big enough, I guess. You can just about read that. So these are the, are the four biggest um, religions that there are in the world. There's Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, and Christianity. And that says the number of followers in billions across the top. So Hindu has about 1.2 billion followers, Islam 1.9, Buddhism about 0.5 billion, Christianity 2.4 uh, billion followers around the world. 
And in order to answer this question about do all religions lead to God, it might be really good to ask two questions of these religions. We're not going to go in depth at all, so don't panic. It is what is their understanding of God? And also, what do they think they're leading to through that belief? So if ask, asking a question, do all religions lead to God, is what do they think God is and what do they think the goal of believing in that God and where does it, where does it lead you? So those are the sort of the, the two questions that we're going to be looking at. Let's start with, we can just put the next slide up that fills it all in. I'll go through this really uh, briefly with you. Hind Hinduism. I don't really know too much about it. One of the reasons I don't really know too much about it is because it is very, very complicated. People um, that study it say it is very, very complicated. It's often full of contradictions in itself. In Hinduism, there are thousands of gods, small g gods. You can actually make up your own. That is a valid way of of doing it. There's multiple ways to have salvation. There's like a way of knowledge, a way of um, action. I can't, there's four ways. There's two other ways as well. But in each of those ways, there's different ways in which you can respond to those ways in order to obtain this goal, which is a liberation from the cycle of death and rebirth. Hindus believe in reincarnation. So Hinduism, the goal of Hinduism is to through your actions or through whatever way you, you choose to, to worship your gods is not to become a god, but actually to leave this cycle of birth and rebirth and totally lose yourself into a pure spiritual state where particularly there's no feeling. It's just spiritualness because that's the highest attainment that you can reach. So that's what Hinduism says and is about, as simply as I can make it, but it's very, very complicated. Um, then there's Islam. So who's God in Islam? Uh, Allah. Allah is just a word for God, in case you didn't know that. Um, and the goal of Islam is uh, they have, their view of heaven is slightly different. It's like, a, it's translated paradise in, in English. And uh, you're saved in Islam through personal belief in Allah and so and through doing the actions that you are required to do by Allah following lots of the laws and even then if you believe in Allah and you do the actions you then still have to trust and rely on Allah's decision when you die as to whether or not you're going to enter paradise or not there is a still a possibility in Islam that you can believe, do good things, but Allah still might not let you in because it's down to him, though we are told that Allah is just in their religion. What does Buddhism say about God? Well, Buddhism actually says there is no God. There is no God. Simple as that, really. So what's Buddhism about? Well, Buddhism is, again, is, is about a detachment. This is kind of similar on one level to Hinduism, but it's actually very, very different. Um, the goal of that religion is to enter nirvana, not the band, but it's this ultimate state of detachment from physical, your physical body and therefore all suffering. 
and it's to lose oneself fully again in this spiritual state. It's this idea of total loss of self into a pure spiritual state. So as we look at those three, we can see that they all have very, say, very, very different things about God and about what they're leading to. There's, you could say there's some similarities between Buddhism and, and Hinduism, but actually quite different about what they say about it as well. What does Christianity, the largest religion in our world, say? Well, there's some similarities here with Islam. It says there's one God, but actually that's kind of where it stops because with Christianity, the one God is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, what does it lead to? Our, our religion, my religion, hopefully all of ours as well, but might not be. It leads to a close relationship with God, starting now through what Jesus has done for us. So there's a big difference in that, certainly even to Islam. Our relationship comes not through what we do, but through what somebody else has done for us. And it leads to an eternal relationship with God that starts now. And a new heaven and a new earth. So when we look at this, I'm hoping you can see that this question, do all religions lead to God, is quite complicated. And logically, it looks quite simple about what you have to say. You have to say on a first reading, no. No, they don't, because they're all different, and they all say quite different things. Can we have the next slide up, please? I just want to drum home a couple of things that Christianity says. These are both from John's Gospel. One of them I said about Jesus, and one of the words is from the reading tonight that Jesus said about himself. John's Gospel, we have for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and then later on in the same gospel this is Jesus this is from what we heard tonight Jesus said this really really clearly I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me so I'm not going to say anything about the other religions because I'm not an expert. But I'm just saying this is what the Christian faith says. It's quite clear when you put those two together that the Christian faith is based on a relationship with God through Jesus, through trusting in him. And that there's no other way. There's other verses as well, but those two are perhaps the clearest. But doesn't that make Christianity arrogant? Can we have the next slide up? Isn't it, it arrogant to say for Christians perhaps, or maybe even other religions to say, that, that, that our way is the best? Well, in one way, logically, we could say, it does seem quite arrogant, isn't it? 
it's my way or the highway. But actually, if you flip the question around and look at the person that's asking the question, I ask them to consider, well, what do you think is the way? And you th they say, oh, well, I do think there's truth in all religions. That claim, I would suggest, is a much more arrogant claim than the claim of Christianity. Because actually what that person is saying is that the Christian faith has it wrong. Buddhism has it wrong because they don't even think there is a God, so they've got it wrong. Islam has it wrong as well because they think the whole way is wrong. They think you have to do this to have a relationship with God. And if your way is right as well, then Islam's way is wrong because they're saying Islam's way is wrong. And then they also have to say that Hindu's way is wrong. And that seems like a really, really arrogant thing to believe unless they've really, really studied all the religions themselves, what they say. And say, well, I think it's amalgamation of all. They're saying, I'm right and everybody else has it wrong. That's quite an arrogant thing for people to say. I'm just saying that. I'm not suggesting you might. It might be worthwhile saying that to them, depending on how the conversation comes about. But I'm just sort of saying that you just need to be aware that, that, that for us, when we're maybe feeling uneasy about this, we need to be aware that other people or other positions also have flaws or perhaps perceived flaws of arrogance in them. So that's sort of a logical look at it. But we've got to remember the emotional side of the coin that I mentioned at the beginning. Can we have the next slide up? I mentioned at the start that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And early on in Matthew's Gospel, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, there was a sermon he, he gave quite near the beginning of his uh, earthly ministry life. He says this to all his followers. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. And this was the heart behind all of what Jesus did. Is he was somebody that came and encouraged his followers, people that believed in him, to treat others with love, no matter what the circumstances. Jesus wants us to love our neighbors, those that we love, those that we hate, and may I suggest all those in between those two spheres as well, even those we are perhaps indifferent about. God calls us to love them, to pray for them. And to do that, not just with our words, but also with our actions. I would like to show you another verse as well that I think is really, really cool and encouraging for us to hopefully live out a life that shows love in our words and our actions. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to, to come to repentance, to turn to him, I was going to say. You know, when people say that Christianity 
you know, is quite closed and it's an exclusive religion. It's exclusive in the way that there's only one way in. But Christianity is actually very inclusive. Because although there's one way in, the way is open to everyone. Remember that verse we had at the start, John 3.16, for God so loved the world and gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It is open to everybody. And God's desire is for everyone to be saved. And his call for his people, his, his church, is to make him known in our words and our actions, through the way we love each other and through the way we speak and love our neighbours, our families, our friends, our co-workers, our people at school, at college, whatever it may be. It's to hold on to the love of God, hold on to his character and make him known. The first question we looked at in this series is, is God good? And we came to the conclusion, I hope, from that, that God is a good God. It is worth knowing him and having a relationship with him. God is good, and he wants people to come to him. So my encouragement for, for you is to trust God. Lift up your hand. Let him hold it. Let him guide you. It won't feel strange. And make him known wherever he leads you. Don't look down on others. Don't be arrogant with others. But pray and love as you go. Do all religions lead to God? No. But final slide. But we can, last slide please, sorry. But we can lead people to God through trusting and pointing in Jesus. In our words and in our actions. Amen.